0: you may be seated. Matthew chapter 6 this morning. Matthew chapter 6. We asked you on social media to give us some of your favorite verses, some of the verses that brought you the most comfort, and you did. And this is one of them. Somebody gave this as their favorite verse. And it's Matthew 6.33. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. And it truly is a verse of comfort. Uh, because what it does is God says, I will take care of you. The song we just sang says, All I have needed thy hand hath provided. Do you know that God is good at taking care of his children? God is very good at taking care of his children. He meets our need, all our needs. Everything that you need, God will provide for you. But notwithstanding the fact that we know that, you and I tend to worry sometimes. You and I tend to look at the things of the world and wonder if we're going to be okay, if everything's going to work out for us. And really, there is no need for us to worry because he will take care of us. He will meet our need. Do you know that this verse is the antidote to worldliness and worry? You let this verse in. Okay, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. One job. Just one job. I, I, I love when God pairs it down to one job, don't you? And he says, and all these things shall be added unto I'll take care of the rest. So you look at life and life is insecure. You look at life and there's all kinds of problems and difficulties and all kinds of things can happen and do happen in your life. But you know what? You have one job. Just put him first. Seek him first. Remember Martha and Mary? Martha was troubled and she was cumbered about with much serving and she was annoyed because her sister Mary was sitting at the feet of Jesus and listening to Jesus and she wasn't helping her get the dinner ready. And so Martha goes to Jesus and, and she, she, she she's upset with Jesus because she feels hard done by. She feels like she's been left to do all the work and everybody else is having a good time. And she says, Jesus, why don't you, would you just tell her, bid her help me? And Jesus says, Martha, Martha, you are cumbered about with much serving, but one thing is needful. <laughs> and Mary has chosen that good part. One thing is needful. Do you know there's one thing needful in our lives? If we do the one thing that's needful in our lives, everything else falls into place. That's what Matthew 6.33 says. You do the one thing that's needful, and everything else is going to fall into place. Now, get it back to front, miss the one thing that's needful, and life gets to be very laborious and very hard. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Let's bow for a word of prayer, and then we're going to read Matthew 6 from 19 down to the end of the chapter. Father, would you bless us now, Lord? We, we need your help, Lord, even to see your word and for it to uh, have the impact upon us that you wanted to have. And Lord Jesus, you spoke these words, and Lord, they touched hearts, and they've continued to touch hearts through the ages. Lord, would you bless us now? Would you touch our hearts with them, Lord? But but may may it not be, Lord, just an emotional bounce that we have. May it be the reality of truth connecting deeply in our souls to help us. And Lord, we thank and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. So Matthew 6, verse 19. Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth where moth and rust doth corrupt and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. The light of the body is the eye. If therefore thine eye be single, thine whole body shall be full of light. But if thine eye be evil, thy whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness? No man can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. Ye cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life what you shall eat or what you shall drink, nor yet for your body what you shall put on. Is not the life more than meat and the body than raiment? Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they weep, nor gather into the barns. Yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they?' Therefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink? Or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. All right. First thing. Our text tells us is, don't, don't make the things of earth your treasure. It's very easy for us to do that. We live in a very wealthy age. Well, we live with affluence. We don't really, because we live with it, we don't understand how affluent we are. But we're affluent. Even in my lifetime, the change in Ireland has been uh, enormous. Uh, a change from, from a, a poverty to an affluent people has been enorm- enormous and we're very affluent. And the thing about affluence is it tends to have the ability to focus you on this world and the things of this world. It tends to put you in the place where your treasure can easily become the money you have in the bank and the uh, things that you own and the shares maybe that you have. It can easily become those things and, and, and you begin to focus on them. And Jesus gave us a very clear warning in it. He said, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. So that your heart is going to follow your treasure. That whatever you think is most important, whatever you give yourself to, uh, is going to become your treasure. Martin Luther said this. He said, what a man loves, that is his God. For he carries it about in his heart, he goes about with it night and day, he sleeps with it and wakes with it, be what it may, wealth or self, pleasure or renown. Many flatter themselves that all is right between them and God, whilst their closest attention, anxiety, zeal, and time are exhausted upon these earthly pursuits. Now, the other problem for us is when we get too attached to the world, what it does is it separates between us and God. The Bible says, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Do you know that the highest command to you and I, when Jesus was asked, you know, what's the greatest command? Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, soul, strength, and mind, and thy neighbor as thyself. And do you know that if you and I let the world creep in and we begin to love the things of the world and long for the things of the world and value the things of the world and they become our treasures, that what happens is it, it, it divides us away from God. It stops us from loving him the way we should. It makes it different for us as we, uh, as we live and as we walk with him. And, and, and do you know that you're too precious to give your attention, your love, uh, to something less than your God Do you know that he's a jealous God? That he longs for you And he longs for a relationship with you And and he wants you to put him first He, he wants you to love him More than all the rest Of the stuff in your life, right? <clears throat> but, and the other problem for us is this, that he made the world and, and he kind of he stacked the deck, you might say. Uh, in other words, he, he he made it so that if you give your love to something else, what's going to happen is you're going to end up unsatisfied. You, you're going to come up empty. You, 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 you're going to be in the place where when you give yourself to something else, you're going to find that it doesn't satisfy. It, it, it doesn't do it. It doesn't actually help you. Uh, he wants you to keep your love for Him. You see, <clears throat> um, if it's the things of the earth, we have a problem because moth and rust corrupt those things. They're not worthy of your love. They're not worthy of your attention. They're not worthy of your devotion. You say, but hang on a minute, I have to work. I have to I, I have to make a living. I have to put food on the table. I need to put a, a, a roof over my head. I, I need to put clothes uh, on my <clears throat> children's backs. So, you know, i got to work. And, and while that's true, it's, it's not an issue of what you do or what you have. It's an issue of your heart. What your heart is given to. Is your heart given to the things of the world or is your heart giving, given to him? Do you know the things of the world can so easily be taken away just like that? Um, Mark Zuckerberg, in, the, uh, in July 2018, lost 15.9 billion uh, on his shares. Now you can't imagine 15.9 billion. Can you? you can't even imagine the 0.9 billion. Uh, 15, 15.9 billion uh, was wiped off his net worth, just like that. See, the things of the world they come and they go. They can't satisfy. You were made for something better. In verse 32, it says, For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. And you know what I think is, is intended there? First, understand that look, that, that, that's what the people in the world do because they've, they've nothing else to look for. They're, they're, they're looking at the things of the world. That's what's important to them because that's their life. But you're His. He's put eternity in your heart. And he wants you to live a completely different life than they do. He wants you to live with a completely different focus. He wants you to live with, with, a, with a focus on him. Now, lots of warnings in the Bible about money. You know, the Bible tells us that not that money is evil, but that the love of money is the root of all evil. That when we love money, when, when we let money in, when, when, when money becomes our treasure and we begin to live for it, it just spins off all kinds of evil. Um, you saw in the news this week that Robert Mugabe uh, died, and um, he is a fascinating character uh, politically. He started off as a freedom fighter. He started off as somebody who wanted better for his people. But you know what? When he got power, he turned a completely different direction. And his 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 desire for freedom was overtaken by greed for power and for money. Do you know think that can happen to us? That it's so easy for money to, to get a grip of our souls. How are you gonna deal with the issue of money? How are you gonna deal with the issue of treasure? Be generous. Do you know that God is generous? Do you know that you and I can't outgive God? We might think we could. We might think no, we could. Have. There's no way that we can ever outgive God. Now, I understand, you know, uh, nobody in this room wanders around through the week thinking, what am I going to do with all this money I have? You know, I did have one man, by the way, uh, who asked me what he should, what he should do with, with all the money he had. And uh, he had money. But you know what? Even though he asked, he never did anything good with it. I think he died with it all in the bank in the end. And He's a believer, by the way. Uh, money can get a grip on you and can get a hold on you and y- y- you know what you need to do? You need to, you need to be generous with it. Y- you need to be generous from wherever you are. We're going to get the opportunity to support a child with, with compassion this morning and you know, for 30 euros a month, I, I realize 30 euros is quite a, quite a bit of money, uh, but for 30 euros a month, you can change somebody's life completely. I mean, it's an incredible thought. It means you stepping outside yourself and uh, the bills and the needs and the things that could be paid with that 30 years, you're going to put it somewhere else. You're going to invest it in somebody else. You're going to be generous, like God is generous with you. And the other Bible says that God loves uh, uh, a cheerful giver. The word is actually a hilarious giver. God loves it when we come to the place where our hearts are to give. give, Because that's who he is. God so loved that he gave. He's always giving. You and I need to be givers. We, we need to nix, uh, if you like, uh, the desire for wealth and treasure and money in our hearts by being generous, by being giving. And, and it's, it's not about what you have. It's not about uh, whether you have a home or a car or, or e- even some money in the bank. for It's not about that. It's about whether you're willing to recognize it's his and you don't make that your treasure. And you, you're generous. You, you, you give with it. Um, second thing is don't worry about the things you need. And you say, that's a nice thought, pastor. I would love not to be worried about the things uh, that I need. But do you know that I have bills? And I have just been through getting all the kids back in school and and there's all kinds of things hanging out of me that I need to pay and I need to find money for and um, There's no way I can do do it without worrying. Well there is Jesus is actually giving it to us here Jesus is giving us a lesson uh, here in Matthew chapter 6 that's practical throughout the ages He's telling us you don't need to worry and then he gives us some examples from from nature. He says, look at the birds of the air. They toil not, neither do they spin, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Now this this week I watched three house martins uh, in the bushes just outside our window. And they were happy little fellas. Uh, they were just hopping. They weren't worried about food. You know, winter's coming. When winter comes, it kind of gets the the, the pickings get uh, get get meager for for house martins. They weren't worried about that. They were just enjoying the sunshine. They were enjoying the bushes. They were enjoying life. They were looking in at me, wondering what I was doing, right? And um, they don't worry about it. After a while, they'll just fly off and they'll find lunch somewhere. And then they'll go. But you never see them worrying. And and Jesus says this. He says. Are you not, much, not of much more value than many sparrows? Now think about it. Think it through. Because he's reasoning with us here. He's saying, okay, look, I've got all these birds. Thousands, millions, maybe billions of birds out there. I'm sure there are billions of birds because there's more birds on this planet than there are people, I'm sure. Right? So there's all these billions of birds out there and he feeds them all. No effort. It's no bother to God. He just provides for them all. he provides for what they need, and he says do, do you think I'm going to feed the birds and let you starve? Do you think i'm going to take care of them and, and, and not take care of you and And then he looks at the flowers in the field, and he says, "Look at them the the, the lilies and the uh, beautiful flowers that are that are, they're just there for a day, and tomorrow they're burned because they're uh they're gone." Solomon and all his glory wasn't, wasn't dressed as well as there. Now if God can take care of them and dress them, do you think He's going to take care of you and dress you too? And you know <clears throat> he is, isn't he? It doesn't make sense. Now look, he doesn't do everything the way we want him to do it and he doesn't do everything in, in line with us, but he always takes care of us. He always takes... how do you know that? Well, here's how you know that. How many times have you faced a situation that you thought would totally end your life? It was going to upend it. Everything was going to fall apart. There was there, were, there was no going to make it. We're all going to die. We're all going to die. And yet you're not dead. You're still here, aren't you? And you may be in a much better situation today. Why? Because God takes care of his children. God takes care of his children. By the way, If you're not his child, if you've never come to the place where you've trusted Christ as your Savior, today's a great day to do it. He's the best dad anywhere has ever seen. He can take care of you. He can look after you. And he'll make you his child. The Bible says, to as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to as many as believed on his name. Do you know what you need to do to become his son? You need to believe on his name. Trust in what Jesus did on the cross. Come to the place where you yield yourself to him and you let him uh, have his way in your life and, and trust him and, and he will save you. He never turns us down. He wants you to be his child and he, and he wants you to take care of, he wants to take care of you. So, so he says, don't worry. I got you. I got you, you're okay. He, he wants us to think it through. Sometimes, you know, we don't think it through. Remember the disciples in the boat? The boat's filling with water. The boat's full with water. The other next step, the boat's under the water, and we're drowning in the water. <clears throat> that, that, that's the next step in it. But the, the boat is filling with water. The disciples are in the boat. Jesus is asleep in the boat. And so Peter goes and he says, Lord, don't you care that we're going to die? Would you wake up and do something about it? And so Jesus does. He says, peace, be still. And I want to see that scene, don't you? I want to see this little boat that's going up and down and up and down, and I was going boom. boom, boom. Because that's what happened. He said, Peace be still, and and, and it went still. And and um, uh, when he said that, he turned to them and he said, Why have you no faith? And and I wanna I want to stand up for them. I want to become their their advocate and say, What do you mean, Lord? I mean that the the boat's full of water, they're going to drown. But that boat couldn't go down. Do you know why? Because Jesus was in the boat. And Jesus was going to die in Jerusalem on a cross. There was no way he was dying in a storm. There was no way this haphazard event that looked like it was going to happen in their minds was going to happen. Now, I understand. Everything in their senses said, this is real serious, we're going down. But it wasn't going to happen because Jesus was in the boat. And he looks at them and he says, don't you get it, guys? Don't you understand? I'm in charge of it then nothing's going to happen that I haven't planned. And I told you what's going to happen, so you need to trust what I've said is going to happen. And you and I need to reason sometimes, reason it through. You may not find a specific promise in the Bible that specifically deals with your situation uh, today in 2019, but you know what? You can find truth about your God uh, that will help you to relax in the storm because he's there. He's in it with you. He's always in it with you. And you need to trust Him and His purposes in it. He's brought you through many a storm. And He'll bring you through many more storms. But you know what? It's so much better for us when we learn to trust Him in the storms of life. He says, don't worry, I'll take care care of the birds. I take care of the flowers. Don't you worry about it, I'll take care of you. I will look after you. You're not going to die in this situation. And then he says, our verse, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. You know, you can get your money together, and you can go out and buy yourself an insurance policy. They'll sell you insurance on almost anything. They will sell you insurance uh, against you losing your income. They'll sell you insurance against losing your life. They'll sell you insurance about your sickness. They'll sell you all kinds of things. You can pay your PRSI and your social uh, security and you'll come to the end uh, and you hope that there's a pension there for you. You can do all those things and you can prepare, but you have no ability to control the outcome of those things. You can't keep your job. You can't do any of those things. You don't have the ability to control them. You can plan as best you can. I think you should be wise and plan as best you can. But I think you also need to understand that in the end, all your planning won't protect you. Well, I tell you how you can protect yourself. You can obey Matthew 6, 33. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. What's God saying? All these things shall be added unto you. Food, clothing, raiment, those, those things that he's just been talking about. He said, I will take care of you. You just put me first, and I will take care of you. You just put me first, and I will look after you. And you know, that never fails. You put God first, and God takes care of you. You put God first in your finances, and that'll help. You put God first in your time. Uh, You put God first in your heart. God take care of you. Yeah. Colossians 3.1 says, If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things of the earth. Now, what does it mean to set your affection? It means set your love. Set your heart. Set your thinking on things above. It's not natural. You know, all the bad things are natural to us. All the good things, we have to kind of make a decision on. But he says, set your affection, set your heart on things above. Look to heaven. Live like heaven is real. Live like you're going there. Live like now is the preparation for there. And that puts everything into perspective in your life. Live like heaven is real. Live like, live like what, you're, <clears throat> what you're doing now affects that, impacts that. Live like that's what's important, because that's what is important. Live like live like heaven is real. Um, here's what you and I need to do. We need to wake up every day and say, Lord, what would you have me do today? Do you know, if we would spend half the time asking Him what we should do that we spend worrying about things we have no control over, we could actually live productively. We could live lives that count. Live like heaven is real and yet ask yourself, Lord, what would you have me to do? Do you know that worry can eat... Your heart out. It can just overtake you and destroy you. Don't let it. The Bible says instead of worrying, you pray, put him first, and he will take care of it. And then finally, focus on today. Um, Matthew six thirty four says, "Take ye therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof." Do you know you got enough troubles and difficulties to fix today? that you don't need to put yourself in the place where you're trying to fix the difficulties of next week, next month, next year, and your whole lifetime. <clears throat> it's, it's easy for us to come to that place where, where we wanna sort it all out and line it all up and get the plan going for, for the whole of life. You can't. How well have you done as far as that's concerned so far? You haven't, have you? Life's completely different to what you envisaged 10 years ago. Do you know what? You're not good at sorting out 10 years from now, but God says this. He says, listen, don't worry about tomorrow. Just, you're okay today. Sort out today and leave the rest with me. I'll take care of it. Yeah, that's freedom. That's freedom. You don't have to work it all out. You don't have to take it all on board today and work it all out because you have absolutely no control over everything that's going to happen. I right, so instead of you worrying about it today, put him first. Lord, what can I do today? How, how can I prepare today for eternity? What can I do that's going to please you today? And God says, I'll take care of the rest. Isn't that a great promise? Isn't that just a wonderful promise? There's there's no banker in the world that can give you a promise like that. There's no insurance company that can give you a promise like that. But your Heavenly Father gives it to you. He says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. I'll take care of the rest for you. You'll be okay. And you know what? If He didn't, and it's impossible that He wouldn't, you could say to Him, "But, But you promised. And nobody's ever found God guilty of breaking a promise. Not ever. He keeps His promise. So stop worrying Put your trust in him and enjoy the blessing of his bounty. Let's stand for prayer. Father in heaven, we love you and we thank you for your goodness to us. And now, Lord, we ask you, would you work in our hearts and make this truth real? Lord, may we not miss it. May we not come to a place, Lord, where we pass over it, Lord, where we are stirred for a moment with it. But, Lord, may it find its way deep into our souls and our hearts, And may we live the reality of it. In Jesus' precious name, amen.